Learn how to build your faith on God's word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's word to work for you. Hi. Um, I still want to encourage all the fathers in the house. Um, God will help you to, to be exemplary leaders. Um, Friday, they did um, Father's Day in my children's school. Actually, it's the same school that uh, our mainland church owns a school. Um, it's not my school. It's this church school. Uh, so, <laughs> my, school, my children attend the school also. So, um, on Thursday night, they hijacked me. All the kids came to hijack me that I must attend the Father's Day. That um, every, all the fathers, every other classmate, their fathers are coming. That They don't want to be the one that their father will not be there. And I felt, mm, there's no big deal, you know. But they shall hijack me. They did pity face, did sorry face, hijacked me. So I finally had to go. And it had been a busy period for me, so I had to, it was really inconveniencing. But I had to go. So I went there, and I now, you know, saw the faces of some of the kids that their own fathers were not there. You know, and it dawned on me how important it is for fathers to show up. You know, it's not only about paying rent and paying school fees, because... That is what they've used to define um, fatherhood and manliness to us. But that's, that's not the full picture. Even though those things are important, but that's not all. Many men just think the moment I've you know, paid school fees, I've paid house rent, I'm a man, I'm a father. And like Pastor just said on the mainland, you see, um, impregnating a woman is not what makes you a father. You know, you, the real fatherhood starts after that child is born. And Pastor Midrest painted the picture. I don't know if she said it here. But she said, um, mothering for women is usually instinctive. Because the woman has already carried this child for nine months. You know, this child came out of her. So for women, it's very instinctive for them to be attached to their child. But for a father, it's a matter of choice. That's why many people know their mother. But you can always debate or adjust your father. Because sometimes the real father might not be there. Do you understand? It's more of a choice for the father to be there. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yes. The father has to decide to show up. Because he can decide not to show up. So, for those fathers in the house, all I'm trying to say is that thank you for school fees and rent and other things you're doing materially, but nothing can replace, you know, your physical involvement in your children's life. Nothing can replace that. It makes a difference. I saw for myself how some of the kids that their fathers couldn't attend, how they felt and some of us that we were there physically, how our kids felt. Do you understand? I saw the difference. So please, fathers, show up. Be active. Parenting is not a woman's job. You know? Parenting is not just a woman's job. It's for both parents. So fathers, make sure you, you work at showing up, being there. Because at the end of the day, the children will remember the school fees or the house rent. That one is your concern. What they remember is the moments you spent, the memories you created with them. That's what they remember. And the little legacy you leave for your kids is not the houses or land you buy. You know, that's what most of us think, that I want to leave money and house for my kids. No, it's the person you leave behind that is more important than the money you leave behind. Do you understand? It's the person you leave behind. So your real legacy is pouring yourself into your kids, and that requires you being there. If you're always at work in the name of uh, making money, you're not pouring yourself into your kids. Is somebody getting that? So... Um, God bless you as you do that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And I appreciate all the DCC fathers. Um, some fathers here showed up um, for their kids in the school. I want to appreciate you. I, I want that to be a standard that if a, if a person is a DCC man, it's standard that he shows up. And for those of you that are even here, it's not even just about showing up in school. Sometimes it's also showing up in church. Because it's common fathers that have work on Sunday, follow your mother to church. That's how we all grew up. Mother was the one that goes to church. Father goes to work, then on Sunday he rests. That will not happen in our own generation. Fathers will take the lead in everything. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? All right, so even showing up in church is important. Okay, so in the short time we have left, um, we started a series two Sundays ago. We're talking about from breakdown to breakthrough. From breakdown to what? And we're using the story of the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt into the promised land. And we said that everybody has a promised land. Everybody has what? A promised land. Your promised land is not heaven. Your promised land is just that next level, that picture of that future, that place you want to be, that place you desire to be, that place you dream to be. That promised land is, is, is that future, that future that you always see, that next level. And everybody has. Everybody has a promised land. And God's desire is to take you from the land of bondage to the land of promise. It's to take you from the land of slavery to the land of freedom. All right? He wants to take you there. It's his desire that you live in your promised land. However, God desiring it is not enough. There are many times people have not been able to make it. The children of Israel, an example, they died in the wilderness. I pray for you that you will not die in the wilderness in the name of Jesus. They died in the wilderness. They set out, but they didn't get there. That will not be your testimony. You will not die in the wilderness. I did a whole series titled, You Don't Die in the Wilderness, some years ago. Because that journey can be frustrating sometimes if you are not well guided. Those guys left Egypt, but somehow they kept talking about Egypt. They kept, you know, wishing they could go back to Egypt. You see, they wanted to go back to their comfort zone. And what was their comfort zone? They were eating garlic, cucumber, lettuce, uh, uh, you know, onions, leek, garlic. I mean, how can that be your... Sometimes, you see, the comfort zone is not even comfortable. It's just a place you are used to being because you are so afraid of the unknown. So you want to hold on to the place you, you are used to, even though it's not comfortable. A lot of things you are calling comfort zone is not comfortable. You are just scared of the unknown. So they, they kept talking about it, and God knew that the only way to move them from the land of bondage to the land of promise is to change what they are focusing on. We do that a lot in therapy. If you're trying to get somebody to stop drinking, you don't tell them don't drink or don't drink beer, don't drink beer. If you say don't drink beer, you're still making them focus on beer. You have to replace what they're focusing on before you can help to change them. So instead of saying don't drink beer, you start saying drink Coke, not don't drink beer. You need to remove beer from the whole equation. So when God knew that it seems he couldn't move their minds from Egypt into the promised land, he said, I want you to go and spy the land so that you have a picture. I'm trying to replace the picture because all the picture you have now is of Egypt. It's of suffering. I want to replace the picture with a picture of the promise with the milk and honey. But when they got there, 
instead of them focusing on the promise, they started to focus on the obstacles. They said, yes, the land is good, but the problems to occupy it is too much. There's too much problem in the land. And because they had a defeated attitude, they could not enter. Today, I'm going to talk, I'm just talking a bit about, you know, the power of your attitude. You need to realize it. A lot is determined by your attitude. They had a defeated attitude. If you're already defeated before you start the battle, then you're already lost before you start the battle. Your attitude is crucial. Hallelujah. Everything lies on your attitude. And the main thing I want to tell you today is that you're responsible for your attitude. I mean, that's the biggest thing that you need to know. You are responsible for... Your attitude is talking about how you feel and how you see that issue. You are responsible for it. If you feel defeated, then you'll be defeated. If you feel frustrated, then you remain frustrated. You begin to win when you have a positive attitude about the same situation. And God is trying to tell you today that you are actually responsible for how you feel. We have always assumed that I can't control how I feel. Many people just feel, oh, this is how I feel. My feelings are real. Yes, your feelings are real, but they are not always right. Your feelings are real, but they are not permanent. So, the mistake is to believe that this is how I feel and this is how I always have to feel. No, you can feel bad now, but you don't always have to feel bad about that situation. You can change how you feel. Because, listen, you are waiting for the thing to change before you change how you feel. No, it's when you change how you feel that the thing will change. I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. The issue is that you want your feelings to change by itself. No, you are responsible for your feelings. Take control of your attitude. If you can take control of your attitude, the situation will soon change. But if you're already defeated, or you're already negative, a negative attitude can never produce a positive result. That's what I'm trying to tell you. A negative attitude can never produce what? A positive result. I'll say that again. A negative attitude can never produce positive results. So God is trying to tell you, you are actually responsible for your attitude. There are a lot of things you are not responsible about. There are a lot of things you can't control. You can't control all the things that happen to you in life. Nobody can. But you can control how you react to it. And you see, the real power is not what happens to you. The real power is how you react to it. That's where the real power is. Not what happened to you. You can't control what happened to you. In fact, what you are going through is not because of what happened to you. What you are going through is because of how you reacted or how you are feeling about what you are going through. Hallelujah. It's important you understand that, guys. There are three points on this. I'm going to do one. I'll do the other two next Sunday. Um, let's deal with the number one. You control your attitude. You are responsible for your attitude. Stop making it look like your attitude is the one controlling you. I don't love my husband anymore. I don't love my wife anymore. I don't love my country anymore. I don't love my job anymore. Yes, you don't feel you love your job anymore, but trust me, you can change that attitude. And once you change that attitude, things are going to change. That's what God is trying to tell you. He said, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it, the life is determined. Life is not controlled by what is going around you. Life is controlled by your attitude about what's going on around you. You can't control what's going on around you. That's none of your business. Yeah, you can't control APC or PDP. Even the chairman of APC or PDP sometimes can't control APC or PDP. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's none of your business, but you can control how you feel about it. And once you can do that, then you can change things. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Come on, say with me, I'm responsible for my attitude. Say it again, say I'm responsible 
For my attitude. One of the things that breaks homes the most is this is how I am. This is just how I am. It has broken many homes. The moment you subject yourself to your feelings, the moment you subject yourself to your attitude, you are already defeated. You have already claimed you can't change. This might be how I feel today, but I don't always have to feel like this. That's what I'm saying. Yes, when, when the bad news hits or when something bad happens, your first natural reaction is to feel bad. I agree. But you don't have to remain bad. You don't have to stake down. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Just changing your attitude about it. Already you have won almost 50% of the battle. Glory to God. Come on, say with me, I'm responsible for my attitude. Yep. Take responsibility. And that is what the whole scripture tries to do all the time. It tries to t- just show you or try to help you take control of your attitude. See Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at it. You know, it says, be, be anxious. Wow. We have not started just us girls, guys. Just guess it's 4 p.m. today. <laughs> not now. Because <laughs> they're already going to rejoice. We have not started rejoicing. We're just controlling our attitude first. We'll rejoice in the evening. We'll choose joy in the evening. Philippians 4, 6. I thought you guys say you read scriptures now. Premo, and you are there. I thought you guys say you get scriptures from Milan. Give me a, a contemporary version. Because this is careful for nothing. People don't understand it good. It says, do not be what? How many things should you not be anxious about? Anything at all. Don't be anxious about anything at all. Really? Even in Nigeria, you say, yeah. So don't be anxious about anything. But somebody said, that's hard. They say, I understand. He said, but in every situation. How many situations? Every. What should you do? By prayer and petition. Take notes that they differentiated prayer and petition. Africans only know petition. We don't know about prayer. The whole main purpose of prayer is not requesting things from God. The main purpose of prayer is fellowshipping with God, relating with God. Unfortunately for us, Africans are oh, we are beggar. Our own spirituality is based on begging God. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad. We have, a, we, we have prayer revival based on begging. And that's never what the prayer revival is about. You see, you, God wants you to fellowship with him. If you fellowship with himself, you won't need to beg him. Oh, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Is that <laughs> because, because that's what we're, we're training the whole African spiritual climate to be? Daily begging, begging prayer, daily. Challenge with that. Let me ask you a question. You that let's say you don't even have spiritual understanding. Let's go with natural understanding. You, if somebody calls you every day, you. Somebody calls you every day to make a request. What will happen by the third or fourth day? Even if you are the nicest person in the world. You, you either block the call or you stop picking the call. Do you know the, the rich man that people are calling every day to beg for money, there are people the rich man is calling to beg for fellowship? You don't understand? There are people rich people are calling and say, ah, let's go for lunch, let's go for lunch. They want to hang out with these people, they want to talk to these people, because these people, you know, they are talking on the same level. There are rich people that, they're going on vacation, they carry people. Oh, you know that one, Nabi? Because they don't want to be bored. Just kind of about ten families say, um, but you are people free. You are rookie. I put free this period. Please just book this date. We are traveling. Tell me your, your data page. Um, uh, uh, um, you're not married. Why? Just come. <laughs> Bring your dog and your data page. <laughs> there are rich people like that. Though. They are going on boat cruise. Just carry out different families. 
There are people they are craving to relate with for fellowship. Meanwhile, there are people somewhere begging them for something. Fellowship always trumps beggarship. Mm. Always. Always. The rich people you are chasing, there are, are people they call. You are calling, they are not picking, but there are people they use their own phone to call. So, oh boy, you hear what happen? Oh boy, now you, don't, you watch him, actually, you watch him. There are people they are calling. Because fellowship is always superior to beggarship. Always. But unfortunately, what we train to do as Christians in Africa is call God every day on begging. So if you notice, they are differentiated here. He said, in every situation, by prayer, because once there's fellowship, you see, when you now, when you now go and hang out with that rich man, and you participate in football, and you're saying, hey, but ah, why you can't they look dull like this? Now, she won't win the match. He said, no, be football, won't they worry me now, Jerry? Um, I get one small money. Why? I need like 10 million to do one thing. You see, the guy will say, oh, no, 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 that's more thing now. Give me, send me your account details. You see, when there's fellowship, you can still make requests, though. It's just a night, you're not begging. That's the difference. You will still make requests. They are not removing requests. They are just saying that that, that must never be what the basis of this is. Because nobody is in love with somebody requesting something from them every day. Nobody loves anybody calling them every day. Nobody. Even Satan. If you call him every day to beg him, he will run from you. Try it. Check any, call anybody every day, no matter how nice person is. After a while, they will get tired of you. But this is what we want to build our whole Christian journey. This is some people's prayer life every day. It's let's ask God for every day. You will never grow. You will never grow. You will never know God. It says, by prayer and petition. With what? Thanksgiving. Why did they put that there? You see, they are still talking about your attitude. Because, see, if they say, don't be anxious about anything, it means there were things around you trying to make you anxious. You must understand. If they're saying be anxious or nothing, it means something was going on or is going on that ordinarily should make you worried or anxious. Do you understand? Now, inside it, after you, as you are praying, they said, make sure you pray with thanksgiving. Why are they saying so? Because once you start praying with thanksgiving, it means you've started understanding perspective. I have something worrying me, and yet I'm praying with thanksgiving. You know why? Because I'm understanding that that thing can be worse. It's not yet as bad as I think it is. When you start praying with thanksgiving, it means you understand that, look, Things are not as bad as they seem. It could be worse. Do you know anything you are going through could be worse? <laughs> Trust me, it could be worse. It could be worse. Everything you are facing now can be worse. My wife doesn't like me. It can be worse. My husband is misbehaving. It can be worse. Dollar. There was a time dollar was 200 naira. We said Nigeria is finished. 200 naira? For one dollar? Let's close the country. It's over. How much is it now? We are all very humble now. We're not even complaining now. We're just watching. <laughs> More nowhere you go before we start to complain. Because if you complain too soon, let's just watch first. Nobody can complain now. We are watching. When it was 200, we said we are dead. In our head, three something. We said three something. Three something. <laughs> we are all gentle now. It can yet be worse. So you pray with thanksgiving. Say, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> I thank you. Perspective changes everything. It can be worse. Things are never as bad as it looks. You are not as broke as you think. I'm not saying you're not broke, but I'm saying you're not as broke as you think. You are not as fat as you think. <laughs> Ladies understand this one. Ladies understand this one. 
Because the time is going to come. You will look at your picture today and say, oh man. Why was I complaining that time? What's wrong with me? I'm telling you, have you all your picture, you look at your picture, and you say, I said, I thought I was, I was complaining, I was about to see you. Thank you. And now you're complaining. Trust me, time I come, you look at your picture today. I'll be like, what was I complaining about? I'm telling you, you're not as fat as you think. Glory to God. Woo! It's never as bad as you think. So, Praying with thanksgiving shows that you understand that things can be worse. There's so much power in perspective. Everything happening can be worse. I'm telling you. A lady was telling me yesterday when an IG live program yesterday, she was saying that things were going bad in her marriage at some point. And I know part of the story was really bad. She she sat down and was crying in her parlor. And right as she was crying over her marriage, she said, they just put breaking news on television. One plane just crashed. You know that particular plane that crashed, that there were a lot of children in it that were coming back from school or something like that. She said she knew a lot of the parents that had those kids. Imagine she saw that, you see, her crying, the purpose of her crying changed. She was still crying, but not her issue. Because she knew those kids and she knew their parents. Do you understand? That's totally a different problem from that my husband did not greet me. You see, once you have perspective, I'm not saying your problem doesn't exist, I'm saying, look, it can be worse. So when you pray, you pray with perspective. Say, Father, I thank you that I'm alive to even pray. Perspective. Pray with thanksgiving at all times because at every time, every point in time, there's still something working. There's not a time when nothing is working in your life. It's never, your business might not be working, but your health is working. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your marriage might not be working, but your business might be working. There's no time in your life when nothing is working. It's not true. Even if your business and your marriage are not working, your mind is working. Because there are people that lost their business, lost their marriage, and lost their mind. There's no time that everything is not working. It's not true. And if you look at it with real perspective, you'll find out that there was some good in it. There's nothing that is 100% bad. If you lost something, is the reason you didn't lose everything. Are you here, somebody? Yeah. Perspective. Pray with thanksgiving. And see the next verse. See the next verse. It says, after I present your request to God, I said, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall do what? Keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Did you see? I want you to notice something. Notice, notice something. They, says, they said, after you pray and send your request with thanksgiving, they said, the next thing that happens is that you will get the answer. Is that what they said? The next thing that happens is that the car will arrive. Is that what they said? That the husband will marry you. Is that what they said? That your husband will change his behavior. Is that what they said? What did they say will happen when you pray? Your attitude will be corrected. Your attitude about the issue will be handled. That's the first thing God does. Because he can't do the other things. Except your attitude is right. If you have a defeated, frustrated attitude, the prayers can't be answered. So, no matter what you are going through, after you pray, the first thing God does is to control your attitude, help you control your attitude. Say, so we keep your heart and mind. With peace that doesn't make sense. That's what I mean by the peace that passes all understanding. It means it doesn't make sense at the time why I'm this calm. But God first takes charge of your attitude. Doesn't answer the prayer. It doesn't give you the material manifestation first. Because, you know why? You know why? Because he's not a magician. I've taught you many times in this church. God is not a magician. 
praying. You see, you see what many people do? Eh? Many people stop in verse 6. They never move to verse 7. Because if you pray in verse 6, you're not supposed to pray the prayer, same prayer again in verse 7. In verse 7, you are calm now. But what some people do is that they remain in verse 6. They keep praying. Next day, they come again. The same thing. Shout. Oh, God. Next day, no. If you have prayed the first day, they say by the second day in verse 7, there's peace. There's calm. Your heart and mind is now calm. Over the same issue, but you are seeing it differently now. God first calms you down. And see what he now says. This is the next verse, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is what? Whatever is what? Whatever is what? Whatever is? Whatever is? Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, do what? Think about it. You see, largely, your attitude or feelings are mainly controlled by your thoughts. It's usually about the, what you, the meaning you are making out of something. That's what's controlling you. For instance, if I... This guy wearing suit now. Is he makeup? Is he makeup? Am I correct? Yeah, do like you're shy. And people, they shy, they pretend like they're they, they wicked. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. If, if, if I do like this to him, now, if I do like this to him, and say, your father, you see... To him and to many people here, that's a big insult. If I do like this to a white man, your father, he'll say he's at home. <laughs> so this thing I'm doing on its own has no meaning. It is the meaning he is making out of it that gives it power. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. If you tell a white man, your father, I say, yeah, he's at home. Your father, where's your father? I remember I had one, I had one house that couldn't speak English. A boy, he was a guy. So one day we, we found out he went out. So when he came back, he said, ah, where did you go? He said, I went to call your father. I said, do you know my father? He said, I went to call your father. I said, you call my father. How many days have you worked here that you're calling my father? I didn't know he was saying they went to call his father. That's what he meant. You know, he was speaking English in reverse. I went to call your father. I said, you can't call my Where do you know my father from? He said, no. <laughs> Until I was able to understand that. Oh, he meant to call. He went to call his father. Do you understand? So, that's, so the only meaning that thing has, and this, that's why... A lot of things people are doing to you is the meaning you are attaching to it that gives it power. It's not what they are doing. It's how you are taking it. You must control your attitude. About any situation. It's never as bad as it looks. So if you can control what you think about. They say whatever thing is noble. Whatever thing is true. Whatever thing is right. And by true, it doesn't mean whether it's a true thing that is happening. It's whether it's the truth of God's word. So the truth naturally might be there's 50k in my account balance. But the truth... That never changes is that I'm blessed with the blessing of Abraham. You get what I'm saying? Because that 50k truth is not the real truth. It's just a fact. Because fact can change. Truth never changes. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. He said, control the things you think about. Control the things you think about. Can I see verse 9? If, is it related? Okay, no. Leave it. Um, leave us. Leave us. So, he's just saying... Look, manage what you think about. If you can think about things that are lovely, that are good, that are admirable. If you can channel your thoughts into positive things, it helps you strengthen your attitude. Hallelujah. Perspective is so powerful. Perspective is so powerful. If you can have perspective to whatever is going on around you at all times. At all times. If you can have perspective. One powerful, you know, um, something happened to me. I've shared this story many times. 
I, my wife, traveled to Dubai for something. I can't remember. And um, it was Champions League season, football season. So I went to watch Champions League because they, they were not showing it in my own hotel. So I had to go to a viewing center. So I went to watch it there. The, when the match ended, it ended like 10 p.m. Nigerian time. Dubai is like three hours ahead of us. So it was 1 a.m. in Dubai when the match ended. So I now took a taxi from the viewing place back to my hotel. 1 a.m. at night. So I got the taxi. I like sitting in front. So I sat in front of the taxi driver and he was chewing gum. I'm not talking about the cool, you know, swag chewing gum. Or... Not that type. The guy was doing... And he was shaking his head. I thought, okay, this guy will soon stop, you know. I could manage it. He continued. Throughout the trip. Ah, no, after a while. I couldn't take it anymore. I said, my friend, how can you be doing this? The motivational speaker in me came out. It's not ethical. You have customers. You must have customer service. I began to give him a motivational speech. That's why you must always know what people are going through before you start advising them. Some of you are too quick to advise. You don't know what's doing him. What's doing him is not what you think is doing him. After my long charge and exhortation of good customer service and how he can be irritating customer by chewing gum this loudly and this and this and this, you know what the guy said? The guy said he's, he's usually permanently on night shift like this, which is 1 a.m., you know, late night. And that this means that he usually finds time to sleep during the day. But on this particular day, he has not slept during the day. So that's he's driving me now, he's feeling sleepy. That's why he's chewing the gum. I said, my brother, start to chew now. Chew. Chew loud. I want to be hearing you. <laughs> I said, if you have given me, I will join you to chew. This chewing, we shall chew together to our destination. Because nobody must die today. <laughs> chew. You see, the moment, the moment I knew that this chewing was saving my life, it was no longer as irritating as I thought. There are many things you thought you can't handle. You can handle it if you know there's a higher purpose to it. There's a higher purpose to it. <laughs> There's a reason you went through what you went through. There, it's, it's, it's coming out as a bigger testimony. The tough times you are facing will only make you happy and encourage other people in the future. Making your story sweeter. Making you wiser. Making you stronger. The moment you find that there's a bigger reason to what you're going through, you will enjoy it. Somebody get what I'm saying? Because somebody's driving and sleeping is not funny. There's only one time in my life I've ever been interested in Arsenal and supported Arsenal. Only one time in my life. I went to preach in London. It was that, that year that Man City won the EPL where Aguero scored that last goal against QPR. That very famous year. I was in London that morning, Sunday morning. I went to preach somewhere. Then after the preaching in London, the pastor took us to Ito You Can Buffet. Ito You Can Chinese Buffet in London. You know, it's a buffet and Ito You Can. And we as Nigerians, we ate all we could. We finished ourselves, plus the host pastor, plus my wife, everybody, we ate Chinese buffet. Ah, if you know anything about Chinese buffet, you know that is, you must wound yourself. We ate, all of us were drunk. What we didn't just consider was that the guy driving too was drunk. Not with alcohol, drunk with food. Was so full, so as he was driving, he was sleeping. I know, I sit in front all the time, I told you. The guy was sleeping, no be joko. Oh. <laughs> Inside, I say, my brother, tell me about your life, how are you? I began to, he thought I was in his life. I was not in his life. I just wanted to keep him talking because if he's talking, he won't sleep. Any two minutes that I, I stopped talking, I had to try my wife say, you are not talking, you are not gisting, you are dead. We could die today. Come on, be contributing gist. <laughs> I had to send that chat. Contribute gist. Ask any question. Let's be asking this guy a question. We must keep him awake. I, even when I ask question, 
I'm not even listening to the answer. I'm just trying to think of the next question I'm going to ask <laughs> when he finishes this one. So I asked him everything about Asna. I said, since when were you Asna fan? He told me, well, have you gone to Emirates Stadium? He told me, I watch match. I just asked him about Asna. I didn't care the answer. Just be talking. Finally, we made it near the house before I, oh, my question finished. I said, thank God. <laughs> we are near where we are dropping. But the guy killed us for London. <laughs> Praise God. The point is that if you have perspective, no matter what you are facing, you'll find that it's not as bad as it is. On that major perspective, you must have. I've seen all kinds of things on my journey. <laughs> on that major perspective, you must have is that this whole world, this whole world that is giving us all the problem is just a small fraction of your life. I know you think this is your life. No, this is not your life. This is the rehearsal to your life. This, this is the connecting flight. You came from somewhere. You are catching on that flight to somewhere. This is not your permanent destination. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it depress you. Oh, my marriage didn't work. My children didn't work. Relax. We are catching the flight soon. There's something called eternity. This place compared to eternity, this place is just is, is one second. That's why when the Bible says a thousand years is like one day and one day is like, well, God is trying to show you perspective. Look, et, how, how long is eternity? How long is eternity? It's forever and ever and ever. And after that, forever and ever and ever. If you, if, if you compare this life, yes, some, many people, 70 years max. Some a bit more, some a bit less, but average is 70 years. Compare it to eternity, it's like one minute. That's what God is trying to say. Eternity is forever. Do you understand what forever is? It doesn't finish. But you are so bothered about this life, and you're not even bothered about the next life. If I were you, if I was going to worry, I'd rather worry about the next life than this very temporary one. It's a connecting flight. Even though the chair they gave you is not comfortable, don't worry. You'll soon catch your flight. Even though the, 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 the water they gave you is not cold, don't worry. You'll soon catch your flight. Nobody is bothered about their connecting flight. The comfort must not be there because it's a connecting flight. We're going to catch our flight. Oh, I don't know if someone's getting what I'm saying. But we're so worried about this life as if the whole thing ends here. It doesn't. If you don't like the life you're living here, don't worry. It's a matter of time. Just a short time. It's sooner than you think. It will end. You don't have land here. Don't worry. You don't have house here. Don't worry. You have a mansion in heaven. There are many people that have mansion here. They'll be homeless in heaven. Or some of them might never make heaven at all. Which is a bigger problem. They are the ones that have something to worry about. It doesn't matter what you have. How long are you going to rock it? Don't relax. It's, it's so small compared to eternity. But it, it here bothers us more than eternity. We're just not good in investment. Hallelujah. I can never forget. When I see people that are 80 years still buying land, buying shares, I'm wondering, you're buying the wrong shares. If I were you, I need to buy shares where I'm going. You're going to spend long. If you're already 80 years, <laughs> if you're not done, you're pretty almost done here. You don't have one than five years or something. But you have eternity. If I were you, I'll make investment for eternity. Somebody get what I'm saying? Woo! If you have that perspective, it's not everything here you'll do again. Because it won't be worth it. It will just cause unnecessary damage for you. Where you, where you are going. Glory to God. Here is a connecting flight. This is Arik Air 326 to heaven. First boarding call. Arik Air 362. First boarding call. Thank you. I don't know why they talk like that. <laughs> 
happen one day, there will be burning coal. And you go to your real destination. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? And you will fly, fly first class. You've been designed to fly private. You will fly private. Because only you and the angels will go. That's flying private. <laughs> Glory to God. Perspective. Perspective. I don't know if there's anybody here that has not met Jesus Christ. You see, this is why... See, if we are running from sin in this life only to just go to hell, then there's no use. The purpose why we are keeping ourselves holy in this life is because there's a reward of it in the next life. The Bible says, if it's only in this life, we have hope. It says, we have all men most miserable. See, I like enjoyment. If you like enjoyment, then you better plan to enjoy eternally instead of enjoying just temporarily. You want to do 10 years enjoyment and suffer 100 years? I mean, not 100 years, as an eternity. That's not wise. You are the one slacking because people that enjoy life, they, they, they're making people living holy or trying to live holy look like they are the fools. No, the person faking one false short-term enjoyment here is the fool. I get what I'm saying. It's like school. It's like school. The hip-bubbling guys that don't come to class, don't read, don't write, they look like they're not cool. They went to nightclub, they went everywhere, everybody's in class. There will be a result day. <laughs> Unfortunately, in nightclub, they don't give uh, certificates. That's the sad thing. So, no matter how much nightclub you have gone to, how much drink you have drank, how many fornication you have fornicated, no certificate. But the person that stayed in school and passed, he can use that certificate for the rest of his life. That's the difference. So, if you are here today, maybe you are not born again, maybe you have not given your life to Christ, please, I want to pray with you. Can everybody bow their heads? Can we just pray together? If you are here, maybe you are not born again. Maybe you are one of those people that if you die right now, you are not sure. You're not sure you'll make heaven. You're not sure you'll make heaven. See, you can be sure. All you need to do is to accept Christ. You can be sure. Can I have the honor of praying with you this morning? All heads are bowed. If you're here under the sound of my voice, and you want to say, Pastor, I'm not sure of my salvation. I'm not sure I'll make heaven if I die. I'm not sure I have that relationship with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. Please just raise your hand wherever you are. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Please just raise your hand if you want to pray with me to pray with you this morning want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Please just raise your hand. This life is not what it is. It's just a short time. It's just a short time compared to eternity. God bless you. I can see those two hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Please, can you stand? If your hand is raised, let me pray with you. Please stand. Please stand. Please stand. Let's pray together. Stand. Stand. Put your hand on your chest. Put your hand on your chest. Say this prayer after me. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sin. Wash me with your blood. I receive the grace to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for I am born again. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Congratulations for giving your life to Christ. That, that lady will talk to you. Please just, there's a lady by your right hand. Just look. You see a lady by your right hand side. Please just follow her. She's going to talk to you quickly and get your details. God bless you. God preserve you in the name of Jesus. Can the rest of us rise to our feet this morning? Thank you, Jesus. The last thing about perspective you need to learn 
And this is the mistake the children of Israel made. After they spied the land, they were comparing their own strength with that of the enemy. And that gave them a negative attitude. Joshua and Caleb that made it to the promised land, the difference is that they compared the enemy and their God. From today, don't ever compare the challenge and what you can do. Don't compare the project and your purse. Don't compare the project and your account balance. Always compare the project to God's account balance. He said, I will look unto the hills. From whence comes my help? He said, my help comes from the Lord. Who made what? The heavens and the earth. Joshua and Caleb said, if God be for us, these people are bread for us. Hallelujah. Don't, don't look at your own posts. Don't look at your own connections. Look at God. Can God do it? I can't hear you. Can God do it? Then you have nothing to worry about. Can you lift your hand and talk to God this morning? Say, Father, it's you I trust. It's you I trust. I'm not going to check my posts. I'm not going to check my account balance. I'm not going to check my connections. I'm not going to check my strength. I'm not going to check my own abilities. Lord, it's you that I trust. Ma soto kabrada sekadisht. Rosata glade sakadasta. Ikabalade sokabradaya. Libarata zanabo brada. Lebrada sikadaya lalalabama bradasa. Repala tu satale kadoza. Rikadaya boladesa. Ikabarada sokabarata zeto. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. We refuse to focus on the obstacles. We refuse to focus on the challenge. We look to you. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing too hard for you to do. Mahande de 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 bousa. Rikabala gade gada baruda zada. Labrada zada labrada zada. Thank you, Lord. You will give us the victory. You will give us the victory. You will give us the victory. In you we trust. Mahanda de Kebo Sakada. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for everyone going through a hard time. You will see the hand of God in your direction in the name of Jesus. God is going to fight for you. God is going to come through for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you vision. In the name of Jesus. The hand of the enemy is broken over that situation. You will rise above it in the name of Jesus. Thank you heavenly father. In Jesus mighty name we have prayed. Give the Lord a big hand. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org Davids Christian Center, home of victorious people.